That's pretty cool, isn't it? It's, it's funny. Uh, being a dad is, is something that uh, they don't have a class for in school. Maybe they do somewhere, I don't know, but <laughs> it's kind of like you, it's on-the-job training. And, um, and, and the thing I, I found out is that I, I, I learned way much more what I didn't know about fathering after I became a father. I thought I knew it all before. <laughs> I thought I knew all about it before, and then it's like, oh, man, I'm still learning some stuff. Uh, so anyway, it, this is the day to celebrate fathers. And, and I know, uh, you know, some of us have fathers like that. I, I am blessed to have a father like that. Uh, you know, I, I have memories of, of uh, one, one little precious memory I'll just share because he likes to share this too. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know about you, but the memories I have a lot of times are the ones where dad took me somewhere. It was just dad and me. And, um, and uh, we, we, I grew up, I was born in Castle Rock, Colorado, uh, just south of Denver. And I guess it's one of the fastest growing areas now, uh, but it was, there wasn't much around there at that time. And um, dad took me uh, coyote hunting. And I was only, I was probably like four or five. I mean, you know. That's back when you ain't going too far by yourself, you know. <laughs> you need his. And, and dad's legs were long. You know, I, later on when I was a little bit older and I'm trying to follow him elk hunting, you know, it's like, oh, man, it's everything I can do just to keep up with him, you know. Um, but this was back uh, before that, and he took me out in the evening. He must, he must have had something else going on. And uh, he just took, and, and we just had a car, and he took me out in this car, and, and we're supposed to go uh, coyote hunting. And it starts snowing. And um, it snows a whole bunch to the point where he gets stuck. And the sun goes down. And uh, so before I went on this little coyote hunt, though, uh, they got me some special little socks. You know those socks that have the little bands around the, the top? You know, they come up a little ways and they got a little band around the top. I remember. I kind of remember what they look like. And... Uh, they got me those right before I went on this coyote hunt with my dad. And um, uh, those were my coyote socks. You know how kids, you know, that's your coyote socks, you know. And so my dad is, is very concerned about our, our situation because we're out in the country and we're, you know. He has to pick me up and start carrying me to a farmhouse. And all the while I'm saying, Dad, do you see any coyotes? He says, I'm, I'm still thinking we're on an adventure, and all he's wanting to do is survive, you know. Was, <laughs> that was one of those precious little first memory times, you know. Other than that, he put me on the back of a little Shetland pony once, too, and I thought I was going to go for a ride, and the thing took off, and, and I fell off of it. And, of course, you know, uh, if, as, as would be the case for me, I think he was in a little bit of deep water um, because of that, but... Anyway, but all of us don't have those, and I know several people here today that, you know, if I were to talk, to have you share, you might not have as, quite as many wonderful memories. I still have wonderful memories with my father. Yeah, I, we get on the phone. You know, the Lord is still, like, fresh to him, just exciting, and it's fun to get on the phone and just talk about God together, you know, and to, to just be able to do those, and I am blessed. I have a super dad. I do have a super dad. And, and there's, um, what they were speaking to in this video today is, is something, uh, I, I believe it's the way God is, has actually made us. Because I'm going to talk to some things, because everybody doesn't have the same dad I had. And in fact, there's some issues in America that are, can be tracked very much to this issue. And I, I'm, I'm just going to draw out some things from this. I don't want to... I don't want to magnify that. I'm not going to try to avoid it either because it's a reality. It's a reality. There's, there's people that don't have the super dad that I have or they lost their dad when they're younger or something, you know. And, and, and people that are, are, have gone through that are having to deal with something that is going against, going against what God has put in us to need. I believe that the enemy is, is attacking our, our society these days by, by stripping relationships away and, and making it difficult for people to 
experience some of the things that they're supposed to have, especially as a child, with regard to fathers. I, I love mother. I love my mother. I love my wife being a mother. But God has designed something for the fathers to fulfill that's, that's an element of requirement in all of us. So we're going to honor fathers today, but all of us have either had a father, haven't had a father, maybe a, 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 an issue with the father of some kind, but all of it, God understands. He understands these things. And um, so I just want to touch on this a little bit. You know, if, if you go, th- how many have read through the Bible all the way through? Sometimes you think, man, I'm doing this because it's, it's, a, it's a goal. You know how those parts of the Bible, you know, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and, and, and it's like, they don't, they don't talk about the, the moms a whole lot, do they? they? They talk about the dads. And you know, it's interesting, I believe this is true, and, I, and I'll just say this real quick because it came to mind. Um, with Judaism, actually, the, <laughs> the surety of the lineage is actually tracked through the women because you can tell who the mom was, you know, before our testing now. <laughs> You know who, where the child came from. That's, well, uh, um, it's like our first son, son came along, and he didn't look like I was expecting him to look, and I looked over at my wife. You know, it's like, what's the deal here? Because you know, <laughs> I know he came out from you, but, you know, no, that, that's, just, that's just kind of, yeah, that, yeah. I'll, I'll hear about that later. But, you, but, but it's interesting that in the Bible, when God is... Because he's very, he identifies people by their fathers. So-and-so, the, fa- the, the son of so-and-so, right? It's, it's like that. There's a continuance, and you, and you can follow all the lineage all the way up to Jesus. Why? Through the fathers. Now, it's amazing to me that, in, in fact, guaranteed, all of us fathers are not perfect, but there's legitimacy in all of us, <laughs> just, just, just existing. You know, all those in the, in the lineage from way back to, to Jesus, there's some real numbskulls in there, you know? But there's something that God has designed in the necessity of fatherhood. And I believe that part of it is something that he wants to fulfill, I liked in this little video that we were seeing that, that uh, this little boy, he, he said something that, uh, that we're going to go to today. He said, I found out that when I'm looking at the Father God that I can see that I can become like him. And this is part of what fatherhood is. And I, you don't see this as much with mothers, but somehow children want to imitate or they get, a, a, they get an image of the way things should or could be through their fathers that's very special. I actually was watching, a, um, you know, Oprah Winfrey does a lot of, uh, you know, life things, you know, and um, I'm not, I'm not uh, doing an ad for her. Uh, in fact, I, this is probably the first thing I've seen, but I was looking for something, you know, on fathers and whatnot, and, and she's done these things where, where people that did not have a father, you know, they'll, they'll talk about it, and, and uh, a, a young girl, a young boy, uh, a young man, um, and one of the common things that they, they, they say is an issue is the, the lack of a father causes them to have a self-perception of a diminished worth. That somehow with the father, just being there is an increase of a self-perception of worth. It's very common things. And, and again, I, I can't relate to that because I've not been there. But it's a very common thing. And what it's done is, it, it's, it's, I, believe, I believe what we're going through as a nation right now is very much direct, uh, directly related to this and to some degree. Um, so the significance of a father, I just want to touch on this real quickly. It establishes a physical and monetary security. Now, I'm just saying this as a general rule, okay? It should, it should do these things. There's an expectancy of this, right? There should be some discipline. You know, there's some discipline that comes from uh, a father that a mother, when a mother's trying to fulfill these things, it's just not quite the same. Um, I have this wonderful relationship with Braden. 
Um, and, and I've learned some things about discipline with kids, too. You know, there shouldn't be any anger. There shouldn't be any of these kind of things going on with it. But also, uh, there shouldn't be any compromise on some things, too. As soon as there's compromise, it's an open door to more of that kind of a thing. Um, it's like, how many times do you need to be burned? Just once, right? <laughs> Kind of the same thing should happen with discipline. One, and, I, and I had this happen with my father. I talked back to my mom once. I talked back to my mom once. And I won't tell you how he dealt with it exactly. But it was embedded into my psyche. That I will never do that again. <laughs> and if my father had not been there. I might not have gotten that. Uh Worth, like I just mentioned, uh, just a sense of worth. I, I heard one guy saying it. It's like, it's like when you go buy a pet store, and, and this is kind of a crude, but this is what he, he, how he shared it. He said, you know, you go buy a pet store, and there's all these little dogs that want you to pick them up. They want you to take them home. They all, they all want you to take them home. He said, for some reason, that was how I felt when I didn't have my dad. It's like he didn't want me. He didn't want me to take him home. You know, that kind of a thing. Um, so there's, there's a self-worth that comes with this. And again, I know, I know some people, I'm, I'm talking to everybody today, I'm not wanting to, to, to ignore something that is very real and that God understands in the middle of this. Something else is just identity. Your identity, your name, who you are. Right? Now, don't you love that song we sang? <laughs> this is who you are, this is who I am. <laughs> They're directly connected. Who our Father is directly affects who we see ourselves. In a natural sense. But it's built into who we are. Then your direction for your life. I heard somebody mention that. It's like th th there's, a, there's a, a, a challenge. Each one of these are a challenge without. And so when, when there's a, a lack of a father, there's actually a, a, a challenge to find direction for your life. And it's like, what do you need a dad? I, I don't know. I think we're just made this way. God's, God's put it into our design to some degree. What I'm going to do, I'm going to just touch on a few of these things. I, I pared this down. If you go through and you look for what, what happens when there's not a father in a home. And, and again, I, I, I'm sensitive to what this is, but I just want to say this is reality. This is the necessity for fathers. We're honoring fathers today. Amen. 85% of youth who are currently in prison grew up in a fatherless home. Seven out of every ten youth that are housed in a state-operated correctional facilities, including detention and residential treatment, come from a fatherless home. Children from fatherless homes are twice as likely to drop out from school before graduating than children who have a father in their, in their lives. Children who live in a single-parent home are over two times more likely to commit suicide than children in a two-parent home. 75% of rapists are motivated by displaced anger that is associated with feelings of abandonment that involves their father. Kind of tears your heart out a little bit, doesn't it? Living in a fatherless home is a contributing fact factor to substance abuse with children of such homes accounting for 75% of adolescent patients being treated in substance abuse centers. 85% of all children which exhibit some type of behavioral disorder come from a fatherless home. 90% of the youth in the United States who decide to run away from home or become homeless for any reason originally came from a fatherless home. 63% of youth suicides involve a child who was living in a fatherless home when they made their final decision. Even when poverty levels are equal... Children who come from a two-parent home outperform children who come from a one-parent home. Children who live in a fatherless home are 279% more likely to deal drugs or carry firearms for offensive purposes compared to children who live with their fathers. I didn't even know children were doing all that kind of stuff, but children are, right? 92% of the parents who are currently in prison in the United States are fathers. So, it's, there's a necessity 
for fatherhood, to be fathered. We all require it to some degree, and, and where there's a lack, it needs to be taken up. And what I would like to do is to be able to say, we are not without a father. No matter who we are, the availability of a father is ours. Amen? And this is the passion, this is the desire of the Father God that nobody has to be without what he's designed for us to need in our life. All of those things that I said that we're going to miss out on or that we need that a father provides, our Father God will. Amen? But it doesn't do any good to just have a father if you're not aware of his presence. If you're not aware of him, if you don't know him. So we've been talking for several weeks now about, about coming to know God, acknowledging God. That ha- if, you're, if you're not acknowledging, when we, when we say that, it's just acquiring knowledge about him. But we saw that it can't be just information. It can't be just an awareness that he's there. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. But it has to go through three different things that we've looked at consistently. And I've got them right here. This, just the simple acceptance of existence. This is what haunts all those children that we saw that were in these, in these demographics that are heart-wrenching. They don't see the presence of their father. They don't, they don't, they're not experiencing his presence. That he's even there. Right? It starts with an awareness that he's there as your father. You know, a lot of people could say, I believe in God. I believe in all these kind of aspects of God. But to believe that he is your father right here, right now. Amen? It, it, it's, it's, I think it's a work of the spirit that can help us. Because those other things are overwhelming. You know, again, I, I can't... I can't even empathize, you know. I can sympathize, not empathize. I've not been there. But it's very real. But I know, I know just because it's the same thing for every other deficiency in our life. Acknowledging God. Acquiring the realization. I I just want to challenge us today. Our God is real. He's real. We've been singing today, you know, and sometimes I, I love worshiping, but man, I mess up chords, and sometimes we do this right or we do, don't do that right. The whole purpose of it is to acknowledge that our God is real. Amen? And to not say he's real in this area, not in this area. I love today that it's Father's Day, and we can say he is a father. Amen? But it's very important when we do that, and that's why I love singing that song. When we sing that, it needs to be something where the more we say, that's who you are, that's who you are, we enter into a realm of glory. That's who you are. That's who you are. Amen? Because it goes from just awareness to worship, to where he's affecting us, our awareness gets overwhelmed by him you know if you get if you get in the presence of the right person somebody that you really idolize your wife might be trying to talk to you trying to tell you something very important and you're not hearing a word because you are in the presence of them you know what I mean that might not be true for you and it's not for me I'm just making a hypothetical situation there right but you know what I mean when you get when you get overwhelmed by somebody's presence Whatever it was becomes small or it becomes dealt with. And I believe that that's what God wants to do. He doesn't want to just say it doesn't exist. He says, no, I'm going to fill it. I'm going to be it. Amen? Our country is desperately in need of this. You know, a lot of people are trying to decide what the problem is from a standpoint of a human emotional approach. And... God has designed for there to be a solution that comes. I was thinking about it before I came up here. I'm so grateful for the family of God 
Why do we call our, each other brothers and sisters? You know, when I grew up, we all called everybody brother, brother Mike, brother Bonnie, or sister Bonnie, <laughs> sister Bonnie, sister Jen, and brother Canaan, right? Good to have you with us today. Yeah, it's great to have you with us today. But you know, that's what we called everybody. You know, called my dad, brother Bill, you know. Um, why? Because we have the same father. We have the same father. Amen. But this is a reality. This is who we are. If it is, we gotta, we got to enter in. It can't be something that doesn't affect us. And this is where we want to get to today. Because the last element on that is it's going to be when you worship God as Father, He's going to affect you as a child. You're going to be taken into the same image that you are worshiping. Amen? So... I'm just going to jump into this. Can we get into some scriptures here and just see some of this? First of all, I want to just say, he exists as our father. Let's just see this from the word a little bit. I'll tell you what, just, just recognizing this alone will take us to a place of elevated emotional state. Amen? That we have a father right here, right now. God says, I'm here for you. Psalm 68, 5 through 6. A father to the fatherless. He exists. Aha, yay. A defender of widows. He is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Who would not be able to partake of his fatherhood? Of his fathering? Just any that don't receive of it, right? It says, I'm here. I'm, if you're fatherless, actually, I like to claim it for myself, too. I, I have a father, God, heavenly father. Amen? First Chronicles 22.10. He is the one who will build a house for my name. He will be my son, and I will be his father. You know what's really interesting? Because I, I went through the Old Testament. Old Testament doesn't refer to God as Father very rarely. Very rarely. And this is one of the rare occasions where he actually says, I will be a father. You know who he's talking to, to uh, about here? Who he's talking to? He's talking to David. Remember, David had a heart after God. Now we, I, I like it that he would not let go of God no matter what else was going on. See that? I, I might even have failed, but I'm not going to let go of God. I'm going to go to God, right? So this is his son that God is talking to him about, Solomon. He says, he will be my son. This is one of the first times it's referred to, and I will be his father. I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Jeremiah three nineteen. I myself said, how gladly would I treat you like my children. This is the passion of God. This is the preparation of God to not just be a God that lords himself over people, but to be a father who fills the role that he's designed for the need to be met in people. Amen? This is God talking. He says, this is what I want to do. I will gladly treat you like my children and give you a pleasant land, the most beautiful inheritance of any nation I thought you would call me father and not turn away from following me. Who turns away from who in this relationship of father and son? It's always the people, isn't it? And this is a very precious understanding to have with regard to being fathered with a good father. Now, I know there's other kinds of fathers. But with a good father... To be fathered, at, once you get beyond, you know, toddler age, you know, coyote socks age, you know. Once, once you get past that, for him to be your father, he's going to be there for you, but you're going to have to go to him. Amen? And that's his vision of it. He says, I'm preparing myself to be the father to the fatherless. That's my passion. That's my desire. And it's also my desire that you don't turn away from me. John 1, 12. 
Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Now that's really hard to wrap your head around, isn't it? Actually born of God. Remember what happened to, to uh, uh, Mary? She, she runs into the, the angel shows up and, and says, um, you're going to bear a child. She says, uh, one problem as far as biology goes that I know so far. He said he's going to be born of the Spirit. He's going to be born by the Spirit. God has designed for us to be born in the flesh, but then to also be born in the Spirit. And he said, in the preparation of that in Christ, we're going to see this. In the preparation of that in Christ is God presenting himself as Father. I am here to be Father. So for us, we have to say, okay, God He's wonderful. Don't you like these? I, I like that one new song we sang to you. Glory and Majesty. It's kind of a cool song anyway. Uh, you know, um, just anytime we're magnifying God, he, he's, my, he's my breakthrough. He's everything to me. You know, I, I like exalting him as all these things. Some of them are just so much fun to magnify God about. You know, we can get up, we can dance, we can do all kinds of stuff. But we also need to know he's our father. <laughs> and he's passionate about being our father. Fill in that role. He knows how to be a good father. It's not just an, we're not just an accident. You know, that's, that's what I'm seeing partly in this. Sometimes I think when, when this happens for people, there, there's a sense that I, I wasn't meant. I wasn't on purpose. I wasn't chosen, you know. And I think God right here is saying, this isn't, a, this isn't about just somebody's whim. This wasn't about somebody's just being passionate. This is about my purpose. I purpose to Father. <laughs> Amen? And I have chosen you to be my child. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. I give you my name. I give you my identity. I give you who I am. Amen? And this, this intimacy. You know, this is something I, I, I was thinking. Hunter can probably still attest to this. And I might just be kind of weird with this, but um, I'm, I'm kind of weird with this. I like hugging. I like hugging those kids. I mean, it's just, we, Braden and I have something that we call tussling. It's my excuse to hug him and kiss him. <laughs> and, I, and, and I did the same thing. Uh, he, he came up with the name of that. Okay. It's, it's, it's really just getting down on the floor and, Kind of punching a little bit and then kissing a little bit and cussing. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. Cussing a little, no. A tussling. We're, we're tussling. But then, you know, I, I like just, um, you know, I, I, was, I was driving up here with Braden yesterday. And, and I remember the first time Hayden didn't let me do this anymore. <laughs> I like just touching him in the car. You know, just reaching over and touching him on the leg. Yeah, I know that sounds weird. Okay, I'm just. <laughs> see, Hunter's getting embarrassed over here. <laughs> but, but see, Braden's still before that. You know, he's before gone, you know. <laughs> he's before that part. And, and I reach back and I touch Braden on the, because on the, he's still in his chair in the back seat, you know. I reach back, and, and I'm safe. I'm, I'm, I'm safe. But <laughs> actually, he told, me, he told me something about you too, so I'll tell you that later. Um, but I touched him on the leg, and, you know, uh, he reached down and, and grabbed my hand. 
and squeezed my hand. And you know, when I see this Abba, Father, there's something going on in, in, in the intimacy that can happen bef- between a father and a son where there's that, that, that there's, uh, children need affection. They need to know that they're valued, you know. And, and that can come from a mom, but when it comes from a, a there's a part for the father to play. Some, most fathers probably aren't as weird as I am like that, you know, and, and just being together can be enough, you know. But there's that, that, that Abba Father thing where it's, it's me and dad. It's me and, you know, and again, we have to stay in the realm of he's God, but he also needs to be, ah, he's my father. He's my father. He, he loves me. He likes touching me. He likes it when I'm around. He values me so much. He sent Jesus. <laughs> Amen? I just want to challenge us. Let's, let's go a little bit deeper in our relationship with our Father this way. Amen? <clears throat> so then we have to honor Him too. So I'm just saying, He's there. He's there for us. Amen? We, we, we have to acknowledge, oh, Father, you are here for me. Amen? But then we have to enter into a realm of, of honor. <laughs> for, two, for unto us, uh, that messed me up, that NIV. I need to put the unto in there. Uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government, sorry about that slippage there, will be on his shoulders and he will be called, now don't you like this? This is entering into a realm of worship, isn't it? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, right smack in the, di- in the middle of that is everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Amen? This is talking about Jesus. He's our everlasting everlasting father it's good to say daddy but it's also good to say everlasting overpowering almighty father god amen we'll see it's necessary for this to happen fathers are enabled in fathering the more they're honored amen Ephesians 6, 2 through 3. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. The only problem I have that is the self-focus. I don't like to get to the self-focus too soon. I like to just honor them. Amen? But there is a reason. It's directly connected to who we are. Just like all those other things that we saw that I read at the beginning. There's a reason why people aren't living the way they should. The, the way been, they're, they're very capable of living. It's because there's a lack of this honor for a father. This act, what's happening when that takes place is there, there's a submission to authority. There's a submission to a will, a purpose that's above just theirs. Amen? It says, so that it will go well for you, what precedes that is complete honor. Now, this is, this is talking in the natural realm, isn't it? This is talking about your, your flesh and blood, the one that sometimes... Uh, <laughs> I, challenged, I challenged Braden with this. I said, I said man, I said, what do I, what, what, what do I bother you? You know, everybody... Some, something bothers you about everybody, to some extent. You know what I mean? And, and, and he said, oh, Poppy, nothing about you bothers me in a lot. So then I, I was making him go downstairs and, and uh, brush his teeth or something. You know, he's giving me some attitude. And I said, there you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> but the wonderful thing is that I've, that I've discovered is... The honor that I attain in the intimacy that I have transfers into the honor I receive in the discipline that I have to administer. And this is the way our Father God is. 
He's not just daddy, you can do whatever you want to do. He's daddy, you better do what I tell you to do if you want to live long on this earth. <laughs> what does Bill Cosby say? I brought you into this world, I can take you out of it. <laughs> I don't think God says it quite like that. But it's, it's, it's very much that way, right? So I just want to talk about this example real quick because I think, it's, I think it's indicative on a couple different levels. So we have this father that has the two children, right, the, the, the two sons. And the one is probably like a rock star or something. He, he, he's pretty full of himself. And the other is probably like maybe a nerd, uh, you know, or something. He, he's, he's, he, he's so devoted to his dad, you know, he's even nerdy about it maybe, you know. <laughs> But they both have an inheritance, so the so the uh, 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 the the cocky rock star um, he says, "Give me all my stuff. I, I'm going to go enjoy myself, right?" And and let's just look at the father's side of this. The father is fathering. He's a good father, isn't he? Now, I don't know if giving your inheritance to a kid that's going to go off and and splurge it like that is necessarily the best uh, idea either. But he might have been at the point where that he was beyond, like he was, he was, he's gone already. And there's wisdom that's being shown here. From the father's side, he always remains there. Um, the, the prodigal son, what does he do? He says, give me all my stuff. I'm going to go do what I'm going to do. And he takes off and he says, <laughs> kind of like when I left home, when I went to college, I thought, my parents are never, I'm never going to need my parents again. They, See you, parents. I'm on my own now. And thank goodness I didn't have to depend on that declaration later on in my life. They've provided in many ways since. But, but um, that's kind of the attitude he had. Now, his father, his father remained in a position. In fact, he, he was waiting for him. This whole time he's gone. He's waiting for him. The father is in position to be a father. He says, I want to I I help you. I want to provide identity. What, what happened to him when he got off on his own? His father was no longer there to be his security, his direction, and even his identity. He lost his identity, didn't he? He's no longer, he, he, he said, what am I going to do? Only thing I can do is go back, go back to my father. What did he have to do? He had to humble himself, didn't he? Had to come back and say, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I, I'm just here. I, I'm just, I just recognize that this is my only solution at this point. <laughs> and what did he do? It brought him to the place where he could bow his knee before his father. His father was there the whole time to be his father. And the other son, he was, he was there the whole time. He was there, there the whole time for his father, right? But in some ways, he was losing honor in his own way. And I think sometimes, even in the body of Christ, we can be that way. We can say, well, I deserve this because I've been here. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. And it's, it's amazing. The Father is there for us the whole time. But how are we actually honoring him? Are we honoring him because of what's what we do or if it's because of who he is? Amen? <laughs> it's either the, uh, the Mary or the Martha, Right? Are we going to Jesus, or are we going to what, he, what we're earning to get there? Amen? So this is at the end of this, and remember, this is the, the, the nerdy uh, son that comes and says, uh, I've been doing everything. This makes me mad. But this is our Father God. He is not discriminate. And, you know, this is the solution, really, I believe, for us, for my heart. I want to have a heart that is not looking at anybody, no matter what their size, their color, their, their gender, any, any, even their identity sometimes. It's like, you know what? How is God seeing these people? Amen? He's a father. He's a father. He's not pushing anybody away. He's saying, I'm here now. Just, you just have to come to me. Amen? Said my my son, the father said, "You are always with me, and everything I have is yours." But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead, and is alive again. 
How do you become alive? You acknowledge God as your father. Amen? And you honor him as such. And to, you know, <laughs> we can wear a label of, of Christian as a son all day long, but till we actually honor him as our father. Amen? We're dead. We're dead. So, all right, I, I got some good stuff. Are we doing good? Everybody awake? Look at yourself and say, man, you're starting to look like your father somehow. I don't know. I almost, I almost didn't recognize you there for a second. <laughs> so what has to happen, though, for us to actually acknowledge God as our father is, is to recognize that he's there, honor him, honor him for the father that he is, this amazing God father. <laughs> We have a dog father here today, and there was a Godfather movie, but we have a Godfather, right? He's a God who is our Father that we honor. Amen? And we come before Him when we say, There's nothing that I've done, There's nothing that I deserve. I just come to you. Amen? And transformation begins to happen when that does. Amen? The fullness of acknowledging God as our Father, that we become fathered then. <laughs> I like that scripture we just read. This isn't just about a, a biological instance. No, this is about being fathered. We're born in the Spirit, but then we are, there's a continuance of presence and influence. That will transform us completely. Amen? To where our identity does not have to remain. And this for all of us is necessary. Amen? John 5, 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. Remember he's getting challenged for talking about the father... God as Father. You know what just, I think he almost did it to make sure that he got uh, hung on the cross. I bet you this, this term probably ensured that they went ahead and crucified him. Because if you read through the New Testament, I told you what the Old Testament had, right? We talked about Solomon. God wants to call, he says, I want to call you my father. Or I want you to call me father, right? But Jesus just lays into it right away. He starts saying, he's my father. He's my father. He's my father. He's my father. I must be about my father's business. Something about father. Why? Because everything about you has to do with your father. And again, it doesn't matter, your earthly father. Your father God wants to be that role in your life. Amen? said, I will be father to the fatherless. Jesus gave them this answer. So they're saying, what about, well, you keep talking about yourself being father. He said, listen to this. Very truly, I tell you, the son could do nothing by himself. Now, what do we look at? Let, let me just go back to the thing here just a second. So what happens? What am I calling this? Imitating the father. That means... You're being affected by how he does things, how he looks, how he acts. You know, my mom got a picture of my little brother. My dad would, was standing up against the garage door with his, you know, with his, how, how you can stand like this, however he was doing it. And, 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 and she got a picture of my, my little brother. He was standing the exact same way. You know, they're, they're looking, how, how we doing stuff, almost subconsciously, you're just doing things a certain way. Even what you teach them. You know, I taught, I taught our kids how to drive. I'm, I'm not liable anymore. But um, actually, they, they drive much better than I ever did. I had wrecks when I was 16, man. I, um, um, have you had one? See, he hasn't even had one yet. Uh, but Haley, yeah, he's not, right. He's not ever going to have a wreck. Um, he's blessed. It's funny because I, I, little things that you teach them. I, I, I heard Haley 
saying back to me exactly what I told her that I didn't even realize I was telling her because she was taking what I said and, and taking it to heart. Um, this imitation, this imitation, it becomes the transformation that takes us into being fathered by God. Until there's imitation, the fathering isn't complete. We haven't honored him. We haven't gone to him to be affected by him yet. Amen? <laughs> so, this is where Jesus is talking about this. He says, you know what? You're looking at me right now. You're saying that this is not right that I'm talking about God as being my father. Well, just listen to this. There's nothing that I do that I haven't already seen him do. This is how much he's my father. I don't even do anything unless he does it. Man, that's pretty extreme, isn't it? It's pretty extreme. He can do only what he sees his father do. He's talking about himself in the second person. Don't you like that? Sometimes I think we need to start talking about ourselves in the second person. I heard some teaching recently that what sets humans apart from animals is we can withdraw and we can look at ourselves from above, what we're going through. We don't have to just be in it. We can be above it and decide how we're going to respond. I believe Jesus is doing this right now. He's saying, you know, we're talking about this person that you're trying to accuse right now. Let's just get away from him a while. I just want to talk about him. Sometimes I think we need to do this about ourselves. You know, I'm going through something. I'm feeling something. I feel like I've, I don't have a father the way I need to have a father. I need to become a father the way I need to become a father. Let me just get out of myself here a second and say, how am I going to do that? Because I'm going to see my father. And whatever he does, I'm going to do. Amen? That's what Jesus said. Because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. This sounds like this guy really knows his Father. He's acknowledged his Father. Amen? You know what? He's not just doing this, say, look at me, look at me, what I can do. I can imitate my Father. I can. No, he's saying, look at what you can do. Amen? He's showing us how. <laughs> Isn't this fun? Are you having fun yet? I'm having a blast. You want to switch places for a little while? You can find out how fun this is? All right. <laughs> Ephesians 5.1. Be imitators of God in everything you do. For then you will represent your, what? Father as his beloved sons and daughters. Don't you like this? Who's this talking to? Everybody. Isn't this wonderful? That we don't have a, an identity that is any different than somebody that has a super dad or no dad or a bad dad or... No, no, they're all... God says, I want to just take that place for you right now, but I just need you to come and let me father you. Don't run off with your inheritance and miss out on the relationship. Amen? Come see me for who I can be and I will be it for you. Everything that a father can be to you, security, identity, worth, direction. Amen? But you got to start looking like him for that to happen. He has to affect who you are. Can you imagine if this were the prominence in our nation today? Can you imagine if you could take somebody instead, instead of just locking them up or saying stop doing this or stop doing that? Both sides of the spectrum. Just say, uh, I'd like you to meet somebody. And uh, I'd like you to meet him. And you might not have ever met him yet, but he's your father. He's been here all along. Um, he's got some real cool things. Let's play imitation game. Let's play the imitation game. I just wonder how much strife, how much division, how much situations that are so dangerous right now, if they could not be resolved. Amen? God, Jesus is the answer. For the world today, above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Ephesians 5.1, follow God's example. Therefore, as what? As dearly loved children. Huh. 
Who's supposed to do that? All of us. Isn't it good to see God this way? He's our Father. Praise the Lord. Conform to the image of the Son. Become His child. Romans 8, 29. For those who God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of who? Of His Son. He says, I would really like for you, when you're looking at yourself, to realize that you've been made to look like Jesus. When God looks at us, what does he see? He sees Jesus. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Man, y'all sure look alike. Right? <laughs> but you know, I don't think I look that much like my brother. But people say, man, you and your brother, don't you like that word they use? Favor each other? Favor each other? Wouldn't it be nice to favor the Father God? Yeah. In Christ, that's what we have. <laughs> this is actually really precious. This is precious for us. Our Father, God, He has gifts for us, doesn't He? How do you honor somebody that gives you something? You take it, you treasure it, and you use it, right? James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from who? The Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Luke 11.13, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. He's talking to fathers. He said, if, if, he said, he, he's, he's doing this whole story. He said, if your child asks you for some bread, do you give him a rock? If he asks you for a, is it a fish, I believe? Do you give him a, a snake? That was bread, I believe. Yeah. But he, he's not going to give you something that's going to hurt you, right? He's not going to give you something that hurts you. He's a good father. He's a good, good father. That's who he is. That's who you are. That's who you are. And then the transformation. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. You know what? Acknowledging him as father is the reception of his love. Amen? It will come with gifts that are very precious to his heart. You know, when, when I give things to kids sometimes... It's, it's precious to me. And I want, them, I want it to be precious to them. And how they treat it affects how I feel. So, he's talking about the Holy Spirit as a gift. But there's a lot of gifts from him that he wants to bless us with. But this is a very critical one. He says, uh, he'll give you the Holy Spirit to those who do what? Ask. Does he say to just some of you? He says to those. He's, is, he father, is he father to just some of us? Sadly, he is. Because he's only father to those who go to him. But from his perspective, he's there for everybody. From his perspective, his gift is for everybody. Does everybody receive it? Does everybody participate in it? Sadly, no. Is it theirs to receive? According to this passage, it is, right? So then what happens with that is the transformation takes place that is required. We don't get to imitate God on our own determination or strength or will. It comes by the Spirit. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, what are they? Children of God. How do you know if somebody's a child of God? Well, we're just all God's children. Well, what does this say? If you're his child, you're going to walk. How? You're going to be led. How? By the Spirit. He said, I'm going to give you the Spirit so you can be led by the Spirit. But you have to ask for it, right? The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received... Brought, you, brought about your adoption to sonship 
And by him we cry that same thing we saw earlier, Abba, Father. You know what? I, was, I referred to this a little bit earlier. There's discipline that must come. But my child is going to respond to my discipline. He will respond to my voice if I'm already in relationship with him. Amen? God's discipline is for our betterment. It's for our protection. We, we say that God is my secret place, my safety. You know how? <laughs> when we stay there. When we don't go outside of his direction for our life. How does that happen? Well, we have to receive him, recognize that he's our father, honor him for the great father that he is, and then say, now I'm going I'm to begin to imitate you. Now my imitation of you is by the Spirit. And I'm not going to just, now my imitation isn't a law. See, before Jesus, you had to do all these things, or, or you, would, you, you were punished. Death on the end, end of not being able to do things right. And he said, now it's not that way. It's not slaves anymore. No, it's, you're doing it because you love me. You're, I'm your father. You respond out of intimacy, not, not rules. Amen? Aren't you glad for that? <laughs> I'm glad that, you know, I don't have to be bound to sin anymore. And I don't have to be bound to trying to not sin anymore. No, I just live in the presence of my holy Father God. And I don't push him away and say, no, I'd like to go hang out with some pigs for a while. No, I say, no, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to live with you. Amen? Abba, Father. And now my choices are imitation choices, not just avoid something choices. Amen? Praise the Lord. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Don't you like that? Receive correction. Proverbs 3, 11 through 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves. How does he discipline? As a father, the son he delights in. I, I, hate, I hate disciplining, but I do it because I love. It's kind of a hard persuasion when you're administering it to the child. I'm only doing this because I love you. And they say, yeah. Right? But that is the motivation. And if I don't, I won't. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father, addresses his son? So this is to the Hebrews, quoting from Proverbs that we just read. It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. What's he going to do? He's going to say, you know what? Your flesh is taking you in a way that you should not go. How many times do we go in the way of the flesh, and we don't even, we're not even kept from it from a relationship with our Father God? This is the problem with our nation today. People are going just in the way that they feel that they need to go, that they define righteousness under their own feelings, and they don't have a father to tell them that that's not right. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. But how, who is the one he loves? The one that comes to him and says, I acknowledge you as my father. Amen? And he, chasten, and he chastens how, how many? Everyone he accepts as his son. Man, I haven't been, I ain't got, you know, I, I used to remember my, my dad. I, I, I knew when I had it coming. I knew when it had just been too long. And pretty soon, yeah, here it comes. <laughs> The old, yeah, we had we had a, a paddle on a, on a on a sling or on a little strap, and uh, my dad would take me in the back, um, in, into his bedroom, and when I got to be like fifteen or sixteen, you know, when I was getting a little bit where I shouldn't be doing stuff anymore, this was one of those times when when dad, uh, um, I don't know if he read it in a book or what, but. He, he was giving me this, this speech that, okay, now, if, if I haven't corrected you by now, um, then maybe you need to spank me. Can you believe that? And, and it wasn't going to that point, but I look over at the corner or at the doorway, and my brother liked to hear me get, get swats. <laughs> and, and he liked to help my dad out, too. So he was standing at the doorway Swinging the paddle. <laughs> He's ready for some action. None of this, enough of this talk. Let's get some action. 
Endure hardship is discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? So if we're going to know God, we're not going to just know him as this wonderful God that we can leave in the dust when we want to go do what we want to do. No, he, the knowing of God as our father is him fathering us. And fathering includes discipline. Amen? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate nor not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. Some of us did, and some of us didn't. I remember saying, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. But, oh, that was just a quick confession there. Oh, How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? Amen? God is a good Father. When He disciplines us, He disciplines us in love. He's not putting us down. He's not telling us we're wrong. He's just giving us the right way to go. That's what repentance is. I'm not going to continue on a path that has no good end. Amen? Our nation, we, each one of us, needs to be fathered by Almighty God. Amen? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good. Don't you like that? I have messed up as a father. I've done it wrong. Man, I, I spanked out of anger before. I, I've done it wrong. But I'm so thankful that I have a father God. Amen? And I can submit to his correction. And just and, and he embraced. This is what I, I, I love about uh, that, that time. Especially with Braden. I've gotten better with Braden. I, I'm, I'm finally getting it down here. Um, I, I'll just, I'll, I'll let him know that that's not ever going to happen again. And, you know, there's, there's uh, fire, or there's waterworks to go with that, you know, for a little bit. I just love just being able to just embrace. Just embrace and say, oh, man, Braden, let's just don't ever do that again, shall we, you know. And it's just, just <laughs> it's us together. Yeah. You know. And, and that's the way our Father God is. That's, I guess maybe that's why I'm maybe starting to get better at this. It's like I keep experiencing that from God. It's like I just make a correction and God says, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not you have to run away from him to fix something. You run to him to get it fixed. Amen? <laughs> and then look at what, what the purpose of it for is that we can share in his nature, in who he is, and how right he is, and how holy he is. Amen? The, the, the implication is that if we don't do the, the discipline, that we don't get to share in the transformation. We have to have it both. Amen? Praise God. So become like him, one with him. This is Jesus' passion, 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are the children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that, we, that when Christ appears, what shall we be? Like him. Don't you like that? We're going to favor him. We get started right now. A transformation has begun. For we shall see him. As he is. I, I love being able to see him in worship. Be able to behold him in his glory. But we're going to actually see him someday. You know, my wife was tell, uh, telling uh, Braden. She said, Jesus is coming soon. He said, really? He said, I've been waiting my whole life for this. I've been wasting my whole life for this. <laughs> we're actually going to see him. Amen. John 17, 11. I will remain in the world no longer. So this is Jesus' last. I just want to end with this. This is Jesus' passion. This is his prayer to Father God, to his Father God. He said, this has been wonderful, Father, how I've been able to live on this earth and not just have to do it on my own, but I've been able to do it together with you. Amen? I've just been able to see you do things, and then I do things. And he said, you know what? I desire that for all of these people, not just these people, but the ones that will be ministered to through them, all the way down to us. He's praying for us. This is Jesus' prayer for us. He said, I pray 
that they will be able to be father, son, just like we are. Father, daughter, just like we are. One. Amen? What is that? That's where my nature, their nature becomes yours. That's his prayer. I will remain in the world no longer, but we are, but they are still in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. He keeps saying Father, doesn't he? May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Huh. That means we're going to look like something, isn't it? We're going to look like something. The world's going to be able to tell who our daddy is. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? And and for us, we don't have to say, I don't have a daddy, if we don't. Have, a, have an earthly daddy. Oh, he said, oh, you must be talking about my father God. In fact, we all have that, don't we? Amen? You know, the problem with, with even having a family, because a lot of times we say, well, I'm Italian. That's how Italians act. You know, I'm Latino. That's how Latinos act. I'm German. That's how Germans act. We're just stoic. We don't really, I, I must not be a very good German or something. I don't know. I'm way too uh, sensitive, I guess, but, but, uh, but you know, you don't get away with any of that, because now we all have the same father. We love. <laughs> we don't judge. We don't, we don't just spout off things, because that's how we feel. Amen? We're guided by different standard a standard that's not changing don't we talked about this last week when we were together he's not changing he's a standard that we can live our life upon i'll tell you what there's a future there's a hope for us with our father god and knowing him and living in him amen